I am very grateful to be with all of you on this very auspicious day, the day when Sri Sri Radha Gopinath was installed, the Prana Pratishta here in Chopati, Mumbai. I'm just remembering it was sometime in the mid-1990s, perhaps around 97 or something like that, 98. I was sitting right here we were celebrating Ram Nomi, the appearance day of Lord Sri Ram. And the temple was quite full. I gave a talk about Ram. And my godbrother, very dear friend and godbrother, Sham Sundar Prabhu, he happened to be here. He came with his brother, brother-in-law, Richard. And I asked him to speak because Shamsundar Prabhu was Srila Prabhupada's personal secretary for many years. He first became a devotee in 1966. in San Francisco. And just at the end of 1966, January of 1967, Srila Prabhupada came to San Francisco and gave him initiation. Srila Prabhupada had him carve the first Jagannath deities of our society. And with Five other of his very dear friends, God brothers, God sisters, they established a center in San Francisco, then a center in London, then they all came to India, and he was Srila Prabhupada's personal secretary and traveled around the world with him, with Prabhupada, several times. So I asked him to speak something. And while he was sitting right here, he became very emotional. And that's when he remembered very clearly a historical event that actually none of us in this temple ever knew about. He explained this to us about 10 years after we established this temple. He said he was with Srila Prabhupada in 1971 or seven, I think it was 71, at the Bharati Avidya Bhavan, 
which when there's no traffic is about 45 second walk from here. And Srila Prabhupada gave a very historical lecture in the auditorium. In fact, it was taped, and you can listen to that tape. After the lecture, Srila Prabhupada came out and came down those stairs, the same steps that are there today. And his car was not there. So he was waiting for his car. And Shamsundar was standing next to him. He explained this to all of our devotees on Ram Nomi with great emotion. And he said, Srila Prabhupada pointed his cane in the forward direction and said, this is such an important place. We should have a temple here. And Shamsundar said when he pointed his cane, he pointed it exactly where Radha Gopinath temple is. And he said, just see the power of a pure devotee's desire. Srila Prabhupada's compassion was so deep and so genuine and so pure that that Krishna was performing miracles wherever he went. When Srila Prabhupada was in the West, in America somewhere, a newspaper reporter said, Swamiji, can you show us a miracle? And Prabhupada, he waved his hand in the direction of his followers. He said, this is my miracle. <laughs> Taking people completely entrenched in materialistic life and giving them a pure life of devotional service. That is a true miracle. So, the Sometimes we, the appearance day of a deity, we say, is it their birthday or their appearance day? Well, when Srila Prabhupada glanced in this direction and pointed his cane and said, we should have a temple here, that was the conception. <laughs> the conception of Sri Sri Radha Gopinath. And we already heard the very strange stories of how Srinathji Prabhu and Mahaprabhu brought the deities from Jaipur. And I came, I was in America then, and I came back here, and, I, and they picked me up at the airport, and they said, we have a surprise for you. <laughs> and I came, there were deities here. Nobody even knew how to worship them or anything. So what to do? <clears throat> but it was Krishna's divine pastimes. Prabhupada wanted a temple here. So Krishna came 
And then everything was built around Krishna coming here. And somehow or other, a sense of necessity. At that time, there was a sense of necessity. to really have to cooperate to do something wonderful for Śrīla Prabhupāda. And Śrīla Prabhupāda's life was the example that if we have, whoever we are, if we have a very deep and strong desire to serve Krishna, to spread Krishna's message. And we're trying to overcome any ulterior motives, but to please our gurus, then wonderful things happen. When Srila Prabhupada traveled around the world about 12 times, the one place after he established ISKCON that he spent the maximum amount of time by far was Bombay. He considered it so important. And the place that he struggled the most in the entire world to establish a temple was here in Bombay in Juhu Beach, Radharas Bihari Temple. There were years of strife and struggle, legal cases, violence, disease, heartbreak. Srila Prabhupada put the deities there when it was just a little he just put the deities there and then built a little um, shack around them and promised Krishna, we will build you a temple here. And Srila Prabhupada often said that we should have many temples all over Bombay. So his desire That desire is actually our greatest and perhaps our only qualification. Although Srila Prabhupada established an international society with branches all over the world, tens and millions of books published, tens and thousands of devotees. He stressed very simple principles, just to chant Hare Krishna sincerely, just to hear about Krishna sincerely, have enthusiasm to serve, have enthusiasm to share this great message with others. 
cooperate with one another based on the higher principle of Krishna being in the center. Kali Yuga is an age of quarrel and hypocrisy. It's a time when it's natural for everyone to have reasons to fight, to hate, to be suspicious, to go their separate ways. But Srila Prabhupada taught us if we just keep this chanting and hearing very strong in our lives, individually and collectively, and put Krishna in the center of our lives. <coughs> Service to Krishna and pleasure to Krishna. Then by Krishna's grace we can overcome all obstacles. And then there can be an actual community. And Srila Prabhupada installed deities of Gornitai, Jagannath Baladev Subhadra, Shri Radha Krishna in various places in the world. And especially taught us that we should create communities around the joint loving service of Krishna. That's why Krishna comes in the form of the Murti. Our Acharyas have given us this understanding that the Murti is not wood or stone. Because Krishna is the source of everything that exists. Aham sarvasya prabhavo matta sarvam prabhartate. Krishna says, I am the source of all material and all spiritual worlds. That this material nature, consisting of the three modes of material nature, is my divine energy. That Krishna is the source of all energies. Om Purnam Adapurnam Idam. That Krishna is the complete whole and everything is emanating from him and everything is perfect in its true essence because everything is connected to Krishna. So when we understand this principle, it's such a deep philosophy in science. People who don't have this very profound, deep, subtle, philosophical understanding they just think idol worship. It's material, so it can't be God. But how great is the Sanskrit literatures? It's teaching us that in order to facilitate our meditation on the Lord, our service to the Lord, and especially our creating communities of cooperative efforts for the pleasure of the Lord, the Lord could manifest within his own material energy. Not just symbolically, but 
actually. When the Lord self manifests in a deity or when according to proper devotional um, principles is called upon through pranapratishta, Krishna actually with Sri Radha assumes the form of that deity. However we may paint the eyes of the deities, that's an external thing. But the actual fact is Krishna is seeing us. In fact, Brahma Samhita tells us that Krishna can, all the senses of Krishna can perform the, the functions of every other sense. Krishna is seeing us through every part of the deity. He's Krishna's hearing us through every part of the deity. But most of all, Krishna's accepting our love and being willing, he's willing to put himself under our care. Just like Krishna, he didn't need Mother Yashoda to feed him. There's Brahmins offering all sorts of offerings to Krishna millions of times a day. Yes? There's, mil- there's goddesses of fortune offering, make so many, so much bhoga to Krishna. But Krishna actually becomes hungry just to inspire and facilitate love and service from Yashoda. And isn't it wonderful that Krishna does that even for us? We don't even know what's happening, (laughs) but he's here for us. Some of you may be coming for the first time. You don't know what's going on or what we're talking about, but actually... (laughs) Krishna's hungry... just to facilitate our loving devotional service. And when we understand the nature of the Archimurti, we we become so grateful. It's sheerly out of mercy, causeless mercy, that Krishna appears within his name within this world. And that same name appears as the Murti, the deity, to attract our hearts and attract our service and ultimately awaken our love. Krishna doesn't need anything from anyone, but by his own sweet will, he assumes a role where he does need us. As the deity, Krishna needs our, he needs our protection. He needs our food. 
He needs us to dress him, to bathe him. He's atmarama, he's self-sufficient. But this is the most glorious attribute of God. He assumes this, this relationship with his devotee just to facilitate loving relationships. And Krishna tells us in Gita Patram Pushpam Palam Toyam Yome Bhakta Prayachchati. Even if you offer me a little flower or a fruit or a leaf or water with devotion, I will accept it. Sanatana Goswami, <clears throat> when he was living under different trees every night in places of Brindavan, He would go to do Madhukari and he came to one house in Mathura or a Brahmin. He, he was actually chastising his deity. We cannot imitate Brijbasis. Sanatana Goswami was, this is not the way you worship a deity by chastising. So the Brahmin was very submissive and learned from Sanatana Goswami. But then the Murti appeared to the Brahmin in a dream and said, now that you're not chastising me, I'm not so happy here. <laughs> Bring me to Sanatana Goswami. I want to be worshipped by him. And Sanatana Goswami had nothing. He was doing madhukari, sleeping under trees. But Madan Mohan said, that's fine, just put me under a tree. And whatever you can get, just offer me. And Krishna was happy. And after some time, this Mr. Kapoor was bringing some good salt and other um, products to Agra and his boat got stuck in the Yamuna and Sanatana Goswami helped him just by giving him faith in Krishna. And then the person, his boat was released, he sold everything and came back and built a beautiful temple for Madanu. So Srila Prabhupada, he gave us this spirit that whatever we have or whatever we don't have, that's not important. It's our devotion that's important but we should give Krishna the best we can. That's how we spiritually grow. So as was we just had one little room downstairs. It was a half, half of a room that we had downstairs. And it was really um, a <coughs> a very pathetic place. It was filthy dirty, and no matter how much you cleaned it, it would be dirty within seconds. There was 
thousands of students, Tinkerbell High School, Bola's classes, my own coaching classes, there was an Ayurvedic um, laboratory, there was a Camel brand stocking manufacturing company, there was, um, there was a yoga classes happening, all in this building. And somebody brought these little deities. They were about five inches tall. And they were made out of plastic. And those were the deities that the brahmacharis were worshiping. It was just three, four brahmacharis. And interestingly, Krishna's arm was broken. So every few days they'd had to glue it back on. <laughs> And there were so many rats. One time they decided, let's get a cat <laughs> to scare the rats. And they got this special cat-scaring rat. I mean, rat-scaring cat. <laughs> but what I said first is actually what happened. would hide in the rafter in the ceiling, <laughs> shaking in fear, because the rats were so big, and there were so many of them, and they were so ferocious. And sometimes devotees would go to sleep, and they'd wake up, and they'd be bleeding, because the rats would eat them. And somebody, was, somebody told me, one time I was bleeding. And somebody, I said, how is this possible? They said that rats have this certain, they breathe on you so that you can't feel them when they're biting you. So that sounded quite mystical. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't so welcome, so ultimately, we would have our morning program with the congregation at Srinachi and Prabhu and Maitali Devi's house, their little Radha Govinda temple. That was actually, that was actually the center. The little room downstairs, we didn't even bother with it because nobody cared. I hate to say it, but in those days, None of them are still here, so I can say it. <laughs> it was much more pleasant for me to deal with the rats than the brahmacharis. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so we would have our morning program at Srinathi Prabhu and Maitali's house, and that was very sweet. And gradually the congregation started coming, and then nice brahmacharis started coming, little by little. Devamrita Prabhu, Bhaktirasamrita Maharaj, Govinda Prabhu, and others started coming. And then we started using the downstairs. And I remember one day I came up here. This was divided into four rooms. 
for four different classes of Tinkerbell High School. There was partitions. And it was really a wreck, this place, because there was no investment to upkeep it. It was just, it was a ghetto scene. So Bolas, I mean, Tinkerbell High School, which was very unusual for me. I come all the way to India, and there's Tinkerbell High School. <laughs> but anyways, um, we just, I, I said, why don't we have our morning program upstairs? Because their classes don't start till about seven in the morning. So we could start at 4.30 and we could have a Mongol RT and we can have our... But the thing is, before Tinkerbell, there were th about 2,000 students in Tinkerbell High School. But before 7 o'clock, this room was also um, the great yoga teacher and one of my dear friends, BKS Iyengar. This was his yoga studio for Bombay. So he had to do all that before 7 o'clock in the morning, too. So we'd be chanting Japa, and they'd be like hanging upside down from the walls on these chains and, and ropes. And we'd, we'd have like Tulsi Puja and Mangalarti, and they'd be you know, doing asanas. They were on one side of the room, we were on the other side of the room, and between us were all these desks and these partition walls, and then <laughs> thousands of students would come in and we'd all kind of run away. <laughs> and gradually, um, by the incredible devotion of the few people who were here at that time. We actually got this room, and then we could start trying to renovate it. But it was very difficult, because you'd come to the temple, and there'd be people playing cricket, and there'd be boyfriends and girlfriends, and right outside the temple door, there would be people eating chicken. <laughs> Because it was a high school and we had no power to tell them what to do or not do. It was three of them. It took years and years and years <coughs> until gracefully and graciously, somehow or other, everybody left. And then Radha Gopinath had this whole building. I think it took about 15 years, didn't it? until we actually got this building. And we couldn't actually renovate the building until we, until we, we had the um, possession of it. And the interesting thing, I've never seen a single photograph of this temple before we started renovating it. I'd love to see it, but it was such a wrecked place that nobody ever wanted to take a photograph of it. <laughs> Do you have, have you ever seen any? You remember what it used to look like? Have, do you have access to any photographs? You have? Oh, I want to see it. Not after we started renovating the temple room, but before. <clears throat> Anyways, it was, and gradually, 
And this was Prabhupada's principle. If we actually see Krishna as a person, and we actually build our community around Krishna, with Krishna in the center, then whatever best we have, we should offer it to Krishna. That's devotion. And when people, in a common way, have that spirit that the brahmacharis, the grihastas, the rich, the poor, the, the students, whoever it may be, the best we have, let's be united to offer it to Krishna. We all have our little ashrams. We all have our little homes or big homes, whatever. But this is the community of Krishna, where we're all one family. And we cooperate on the basis of this higher principle. It's very difficult to cooperate, because there's so many different kinds of people. Some of our devotees were actually children from the orphanage. The way we got any place in this building is Maithili Devi and Srinathji Prabhu and Arvind Mafatlal. They would come here and give some milk <laughs> and sometimes kirtan to the little children of the orphanage. And somehow or other, they were the only ones who really cared. And when the managing trustee of the orphanage passed away without even asking, made Srinathji Prabhu the managing trustee. So then we got a little place here and gradually that little seed became a beautiful flower. But some of our devotees were from the orphanage, our brahmacharya ashram. Some of our most successful, empowered devotees, like Rupa Raghunath Prabhu, who's doing incredible historical service, he was just a little boy in the orphanage. And then we were getting IIT graduates, like Radhe Sham Prabhu and Goranga Prabhu and Paramhamsa Prabhu, they started coming. They graduates from IIT, master's degree, bachelor's degree. Devamrita Prabhu, he was a bank manager. And then we had others who were just little farmers. There wasn't a question of who's high or who's low. We're all here to serve. One of the groundbreaking events that I remember in the early days before any of the renovations, we were having a Sunday program here. And there would be maybe 30, 40 people at the most that would come Sundays in those days. And during the kirtan, 
Krishna Chandra Prabhu and his driver, who later became Jaini Tai, he was Lakshman in those days, they were dancing ecstatically together, holding hands. Now in India, this is not something, I, I was looking around and devotees were crying. What is this place? <laughs> in the material sense, there may be categories of so many ways, but it, when we come before Krishna, we're all just the servants of the servants of the servants. Amani namanadena. We all respect each other despite our differences. And it's these types of relationships that create a real community. Where despite the differences in our background, the differences in our educational, the differences in our income, the differences in our, in our nationalities, the differences in our conceptions, of what's the best way to get something done, we value each other. We honor each other. And we serve together. That's community. Of course, it is based on Siddhanta. It's based on the pure teachings that Srila Prabhupada has given us. And on the basis of these very, very simple principles, somehow this community began to expand. At one time, I asked them to start a counselor system because everyone was coming to me for everything. <laughs> and I didn't feel so qualified, and things were starting to get more people. And actually, we make spiritual advancement by taking responsibility. So on one level, I was feeling overloaded with so many expectations. But I didn't want to make that the reason. So I didn't present it that way. Actually, I did. <laughs> it works pretty good, actually when you get sympathy from people. <laughs> but actually, you know, we, you could all make so much advancement by taking responsibility. Why should I get it all? You should get it. <laughs> so in this way we had, I think, four counselors, was it, at the beginning? Four counselors. And the entire congregation was in was taken care of by these four counselors. It wasn't very big, but it was getting bigger. And every time I'd go abroad and I'd come back, practically every time I'd ask, how is the counselor system? They said, oh no, it doesn't work. We can, nobody has time, it's not worth it. And they'd always stop it. But somehow or other, we just kept, kept starting it again and starting it again. And Nothing comes easy. 
It took a lot of patience and a lot of determination. And a lot of failures. But now it's such an important part of our whole our whole community. I remember at one time some people became devotees at IIT and then everybody graduated who was coming to the programs and for weeks nobody was coming. So the devotees just decided to shut down IIT altogether. And I called some other devotees from other temples and said, "Why would you like to do it? Somebody should do it. But nobody did it. So, you know, we just kind of insisted, just keep doing it. And, you know, with no results. And gradually, literally dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens, hundreds of people became, started becoming transformed. So the history of everything we've ever done here is it didn't work. <laughs> history. Everything we ever tried to do here, it just didn't work. <laughs> and the tendency just, let's do something else. But now let's keep trying. And somehow or other, it started working. And that, that spirit is what Srila Prabhupada in his life and in his teachings has given us. Gradually, these medical students, I remember, they wanted to, some of them wanted to be brahmacharis, quit school. Just go and get your degree. And they'd get their degree and stay in there and get your speciality degree. And they'd get their speciality, go and, you know, get another degree. And, and, <laughs> and soon they're doctors. Might as well get married. <laughs> so they started getting married. And then they all had their little practices. And then they had all these, let's do something together. And they started a tiny little poly clinic or something way out, far away. And gradually, because they, because they stayed together on the higher principle of Radha Gopinath, of the deities, these two supreme people <laughs> who are here, held these medical students together, despite a lot of difficulties also. And Krishna Chandra Prabhu and Ajay Piramalji and Srinatsi Prabhu, these people, and then Lalita Saki Devi, they came forward to help build a hospital. His Holiness Jai Patak Maharaj, when he was in the hospital, he was saying, he was, he travels around the world talking about Bhaktivedanta Hospital. 
Bhakti Tirtha Swami, Yamuna Devi, some of the most prominent devotees of Prabhupada's personal associates, how they were moved by the experience, the loving care, the expert medical treatment, the kindness, and the spiritual energy. Actually, Bhaktivedanta Hospital, more than a hospital, it's a spiritual community. Yes? And that's, that's what actually transforms people's hearts. And Radha Gopinath Temple, more than our philosophy or all of the other outreach kind of activities we do, what really brings people to give their hearts is the community that is centered around the loving service of Radha Gopinath. Because community is a testimony that something actually is working for most people when they perceive this. Because in this world, people are frustrated with all the envy and arrogance and selfishness that's dividing people in all directions in the name of religion, in the name of caste, in the name of economic strata, in the name of even within families. But when a philosophy, a culture, actually brings people together for a common focus, that's convincing. And that was Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's genius of establishing temples through the six Goswamis. That was Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's genius of establishing 64 temples in India. That was Srila Prabhupada's genius of establishing temples all over the world where we could build actual communities around the loving devotional service of Radharani and Gopinath. So today we are celebrating the 25th year since Radha Gopinath came here to, to Chopati Beach in Mumbai. And just like Srimad Bhagavatam, um, the glorification of Krishna is so much through Krishna's devotees, through Prahlad, through Dhruva, through Ambarish, through the Brijbasis, through their lives we can actually understand Krishna. Through Srila Prabhupada's deep, deep compassion toward all living beings, That is why we are here together. And my prayer is that if we really sincerely honor Srila Prabhupada's compassion upon us, and on the basis of their compassion, Sri Radha Gopinath's coming 
to live among us. Then we will put aside our selfishness, our egos, and actually, with a very, very pure desire, create a community and expand this. We've already created, but expand this community and expand it in quality and as far as possible quantity also. Machitamatgataparana. Krishna is very pleased when his devotees gather together to hear his glories and to chant his holy names. many outreach centers, there is Eco Village, there is Gopal's Garden, there is Gopal's Fun School, there is the Orphanage, there, the Anamrita, Midday Meals, all of these wonderful, wonderful projects which are benefiting so many people are all extensions of Prabhupada's compassion and all of your willingness. To contribute your hearts to their community. And I thank you very much. <laughs>